Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Michigan Avenue Media and the World of Ink Network. This podcast was founded in 2011 by Marsha Casper Cook and Virginia Grenier. Their focus has always been on helping writers reach their dreams by having informative and entertaining shows. You will also hear the latest information on what's new and exciting in the publishing and marketing industry. And the shows will also cover discussions on screenwriting, audiobooks and movies. New to the shows will be the latest style and trends in fashion, as well as nutrition and how Pinterest can add just the right spark of attention you may need for your project. So, sit back and relax and enjoy the show. You can find out more information about our shows and being a guest at www.michiganavenuemedia.com. Hi, everybody. It's Marsha Cook, and we have a great show today. Uh, Lorraine has been at our show a couple times, so I think before we get into anything, well, I'll just tell you, like, next week I have a show on Wednesday, which is different, so I have a lot of shows coming up, and they are going to be on different days and different times, so I'll be putting it out because it's uh, the people that are coming on, some are from Australia, and so the time zone is all you know, it's like almost a day. I think it's a day different. So um, I'll be posting when I'm having the shows, but they will be some different times um, because we're trying to get times that fit everybody's. But a lot of the people that I talk to that are coming on from Australia, they have their hours. They're up a lot because I'm talking to them at different times. I'm up a lot. So, but there'll be times in the day. But all of our shows are always on demand, as this one is. And uh, I'm going to let Lorraine tell everybody a little bit about herself, and then we're going to get right into ancient secret sex magic. I don't really know that much about it. That's why I'm, it's interesting, and Lorraine will be telling us all about this and how she uses it in her book. Hi, Lorraine. How are you? Hey, Marsha. And I want to thank all the listeners that have tuned in today. Like I said, I, I've been on the show before, and it's always always a pleasure to be working with yes. with Marsha. <laughs> thank so, you. For those of you that are my followers and you're listening, or if you don't know me, I am basically a um, a paranormal author, and but I do write other genres. I've got an educational book out there, um, but I've written for middle grade, young adult, and adult. I've I've got a few erotica books. But the reason I, I am I am a paranormal enthusiast is because I've had so much of the paranormal happen in my life since childhood. So this is my passion to write paranormal. My latest works have been a trilogy that I've created. I'm, I'm really interested in secret societies and cults. And I've created the Women of the Willowwood. Um, book one, The Good Teacher, is out. Book two is called. Hello? 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 Lorraine, can you hear me? I can hear you. I think we got muted for a while. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Go ahead. I I just changed phones because I just changed phones. That's why. Okay, I'm sorry. That's fine. Go ahead. So I'll I'll back up a bit, I think, before we got muted. Um, My paranormal trilogy, book one is called The Good Teacher. Book 
two is called On Borrowed Time. Now, I am currently finishing up Last Rite, which is the third book in the trilogy, and it delves a lot into um, the sacred out, the out, sex alchemy and sex magic. And this book should be available, I'm hoping, by the end of November, and this will complete the trilogy. So as I was writing book one, <clears throat> which is a good teacher, is where my character enters this secret cult in New Mexico. And she doesn't, she doesn't really experience yet sacred sex or know what sex alchemy is until basically the third book is when I have my, my society get into that. And, and as I was doing all of my research in preparation for this book, I've always been obsessed with secret societies and cults. You know, and when I, when I say cult, I think we think we go back to, okay, Jim Jones. And, you know, the massacre in um, Guyana, if, if we all remember that, right? Yep. And, you know, everybody, you know, it was a mass suicide and, you know, he did some unscrupulous things, you know, and, and, and also he was one, he was also, uh, I did some research on him, he was using um, sex magic. But anyway, today I think we're going to talk about why people, why people use sex magic and sex alchemy, who uses it, and how do you do it? Right. So I think those are three. Because a lot of us, a lot of people don't know what that is. I did look it up, and I found some articles on it, and it's quite interesting. So I think that yeah, that would be the first thing, because I think a lot of people may not know exactly what it means. Well, you know, right now, everybody is, is into the divine feminine, you know, the feminine energy. This is tapping into the divine feminine uh, has been a hot topic pretty much for the past 10 years. But, and I'm going to say but, the roots go back for thousands and thousands of years. We're going to trace back to, and everybody knows the Oracle of Delphi and the House of Apollo. And we had priestesses back in, you know, ancient Greece and Rome, and these Priestesses in the Oracle of Delphi um, would sit in this um, cavern, and there were like um, gases that would escape through the chasms in the rocks. Well, they would inhale these fumes, which would put them in an altered state, or we could say in a higher state. And <laughs> they, were, <Yeah. laughs> they were very high. They were very high. <laughs> and, <laughs> and they would gain knowledge. They would gain access knowledge, you know, higher knowledge. So a lot of the priests and the high priests and the gods and, and the upper echelon during those times would come and, and get insight from them because these were enlightened women. Now, we can also look at, you know, there were Greek goddesses. We can go back to, the, you know, we've all heard of the Vestal Virgins of Rome. In fact, I did a book on one, and, and I did research back then. I even went to Rome. Um, I went to the, the house of the Vestal Virgins. I went to Pompeii. I visited one of the, the ruins out there. So I did some research on that, and the Vestal Virgins worshipped the goddess Vesta, and she kept the eternal flame, their job was to keep the eternal flame going in Rome. If that eternal flame would go out, Rome would be, it, there would be chaos, there would be a war. But actually, people don't understand what the eternal flame was, was the flame of intersexuality and power. And again, 
Um, we had very, you know, the rulers and, and the elite would use these Vestal Virgins for, they, you know, for higher insight and higher power. So going back to the, it's a lot of channeling goddess energy. Now, why did they do this? They did this for power. They did this for enlightenment. They did this, of course, for their own sexual gratification. Okay. Um, so, you know, so you, you know, I guess people I don't guess people probably realize like uh, all of the sexual, you know, pleasures and all these sexual tools and things like that, that people think are brand new are not really from the past. No, no right. they're not. Nothing is I mean, new, right? Nothing is new. I mean, it may come in different forms or formats, right. but right. it's got... It's got ancient, ancient roots. You know, we talk about Mother Earth. You know, Gaia is, is the Greek form of Mother Earth. In mythology, we have Goddess Demeter. We have Persephone. We have Rhea. And most religions actually have their own goddesses. And right now, people, I, you know, you've heard of tantric, a lot of people have heard of tantric sex. And that, a lot yeah. of that, that is, you know, a form of deep yoga that is tapping into this, you know, kind of divine feminine to have what what they call, you know, the sacred sex. It's a really, really deep sex where you're not just, you know, slam, bam, thank you, ma'am, let's get it over with. <laughs> right, it, right, it, right. It's channeling. It's, it's yeah. really what it is, and I'll get into it later in the how. It's connecting with each other on a deeper uh, soul level. And, right. And it's... If you know people have done so, it, right, it's spirit, it's, so it's a it's spirituality, spirituality type. It's a spiritual right. thing. It's a spiritual yes. thing, except, and I'm going to say except for sex magic because sex sex magic can be used on uh, victims and people that do, um, are not a willing participant. And if any form of sex magic it has happened in the past. And if someone is a victim of sex magic, it can be very bad because yes, um, it, yeah, it yeah. is going against their will, Marsha. Right. That 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 is never that is never good. Right. Never. No, nothing is never good when you don't have any, you know, uh, consent consent there, yeah, in yeah. in this matter. Yeah. But um, so you know, like I said, you know, we've covered the why. They've done it for thousands of years. There are secret underground cults still active today. Still active today. They are using sex alchemy. Um, they are using sacred sex. Um, you know, during my research, I was able to contact, and I absolutely not going to divulge who it was or, or names, a few people that did belong to these sects. Um, they wanted me to, um, you know, become an observer and become a member. And I thought, okay, this is where I draw the line. I'm only right. doing research. This is just not a place I want to go. So it can right. be a very sticky wicket. You know what I mean? So when you said to them you're not, you don't want to go to that place, what did they say to you? I mean, they can't. I mean, they probably were kind of upset that you didn't want to go. Well, they didn't any give further. any more information. It's like then they stopped. Then they stopped. You're right. right. Yeah. You're going to come join in, yeah. and or we're not going to feed you any information. And I think they, you know, caught on to me. So. I just had to pull from other sources of, you know, research. Right. But anyway. Well, but right, because, uh, right, right. I mean, you, you've talked about cults and things like that before and other projects yeah. you have. So it's, yeah. yeah. But, you know, I mean, some of these things are private. And, you know, when when you belong to any of these groups, that it would be private, you know. 
Oh, they have to be. They, you know, yeah. and there's some really, and we're going to get into this. There's some really high up. We're going to talk high echelon political leaders belong yeah. to some of these cults, and their covers are so secret. So oh, secret. It's yeah, kind yeah, of like, you know, know, that movie with uh, Tom Hanks, I mean, Tom, uh, not yeah. Tom Cruise, you know, in, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, Stanley Kubrick's movie that they did with Nicole Kidman yeah. and him. Yeah, yeah, because that was so secret. Oh, yeah, they have, they have to be. And their members are sworn to secrecy, you know, because if anything leaks out, you know, and there are secret societies that we don't even know about because they're so secret. But, you know, that's where I went into my books. I wanted to create the women of the Willowwood. They, uh-huh. they, they channel, they, and they're a good secret society. They're, that's what they fight. They're fighting these evil cults. Their mission is to save souls because a lot of these cults, okay, will, and, you know, we all know about sex trafficking. We all know yes. who they hit. Yeah. They hit innocent women that yeah. don't have strong family ties. Well, the same thing with these cults. They they lure they lure in these young people that don't have good family ties. You know, they're they're lonely. Right. They're they want to feel like themselves. they're in a group, uh, right? Like a family. Exactly. Yeah. So so they throw out the bait and they they hook these young people. So, like I said, my women of the Willowwood. They've been in in fact in book two. They save a young woman who is actually right. She is um, she's involved with a church member, okay? And this church member impregnates her because this is, and she's going to be a virgin to church. And then other this other members are going to have sex with her because, according to some of these cults, they have sex with these virgins, and then they have these so-called we, we'll call them grandmasters, okay? And the grand this is this is this I'm gonna get really, really graphic here if that's okay. Because no, 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 I, I I put you not in the general audience, so yeah, we're okay. Yeah. okay. <laughs> Hold on to your seat. the under these grandmasters they have you know, there's different levels of echelon, higher levels. So uh, when they have sex with these versions, they actually save the um the semen, okay? And then it's injected when the grand before the grandmaster has sex with this virgin. It's injected into him, and supposedly they channel, which they, unless they're the one of the real Greek gods or somebody really knows what they're doing, they are playing with fire. They channel, yeah. and this is the scary yeah. part. They're channeling deities during a ritual, and what's happening is um, anytime. And I know there's probably a lot of So does that, does that bring out an evil spirit? Does that bring evil yes, spirit? Yes, it can. Yes, yes. There are. When you open up a portal like that and you try to channel a deity, we're talking to deity. They have no clue what they are playing with. They are playing with fire. And there are low-level entities that are waiting waiting just to sneak in and right it all goes you know and none of usually these cults they end up nothing good comes out of these cults so you know they think it's going to bring them spirituality they think it's going to heighten they're going to have the best sex of their life they think that they're going to be saved and a lot of these cults still believe that you know the end of the world is coming and this is going to save them well 
none of this ever really happens. It 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 doesn't end well. It never ends well. Yeah. See. Yeah. But yeah. Because I think, but but at the time they're searching, so they're not expecting there are to happen. Yeah. I mean, there, I, I don't think people realize how many people out there really are searching for something other than they have. You know, uh, yeah. they're not happy, and so that's sometimes right. they end up in a place that they didn't want. They don't even know that it'll bring them more unhappiness or they won't be who they are. That's the other thing, you know, and oh, then once Marcia, they're in it. That is so true. And you know what? It's scary because, like I said, they look for people that are vulnerable, and they, their, their yeah, vulnerability yeah, is yeah, leads yeah. them to their downfall. Correct, you know. Yeah, and yeah. like I said, they're searching. But you know, let's talk a little bit about the about the who, because I'm going to go back um, talk about some ancient secret societies. We've okay. all heard of the you know, Rosicrucians, and uh, they were spiritual. Um, some crafted, and the Rosicrucians said that their origin started with. We all heard of the Freemasons, okay? And they they all say, a lot of these groups say that, okay, their roots go back to the Knights Templar. Okay, so we've all heard of the Knights Templar. And, you know, they were originated to save the pilgrims, you know, from the Christians. But they actually, the Knights Templar got, and, and it's never been proven. I mean, some of the members have been hung, but it's never, ever been proven that they were linked to doing bad things. However, they were prosecuted, okay? Now, the Knights Templar, you know, they were um, they were supposed to have their base at the Temple of Solomon, and they supposedly, they were given the secrets to many ancient manuscripts, and they're supposed to have um, a lot of these stored at the base of the Temple of Solomon. Now their crusade was the they were the crusaders during the Holy Land, but they acquired a lot of money and the banking system. They became the most powerful, one of the most powerful and feared groups in Europe. But later, King it was King Philip IV of France used his influence to investigate them, and actually they were taken down. They were charged with atheism. They they said they were doing satanic practices. Um, but no really conclusive evidence ever existed, and a few of them were actually burned at the stake. So a lot of these other cults, okay, all have always said, okay, we're an offshoot of the Knights Templar. We're an offshoot of the Knights Templar. They all say they have roots that go back to them. Now, when I was in Italy a few, I was probably about six years ago, I had traveled to a small village called Pacentro. Is where my mother's family was from, okay? And that's why I went to Pacentro. Well, there's an old castle there called Castle Caldora. And they have a catacombs underneath that you can tour. Well, during the time, it was closed. And I didn't get to tour. But legend has it that this was one of the, the practicing where the Knights Templar would hold a lot of their, you know, their meetings. So anyway, kind of, have, kind of. I mean, it's actually kind of spooky when you think about it. Going into the catacombs, I think it is. <laughs> I mean, I wanted to go. I, I was, think that's a, brave to even want to go. You know. Well, I just, you know, I was in where the the village where my mother's ancestors came from, and I actually yeah. I felt very safe there. But mm. for some reason, there was a, a there was a number that you had to call, and it wasn't going to be opened, and we were going to be leaving. So, but they're supposed to be all kind of um, things that went on down there. Because I talked to, I went and talked to a lot of the local people 
and getting yeah. their well, that's their, what right. That's stores. where you could get information, right? Yeah, right. So anyway, but did we they want to talk had, to you? I mean, sometimes people don't want to talk. So were they receptive to no. the answering questions? That's, Some people yeah. did, yeah. And, and these were people that were distant relatives. So yeah, yeah, I was, I was because you welcomed. could see that some people might be afraid of, you know, because you know the way it is now, anybody can mm-hmm. say something and put your name out there too. They could attach Absolutely. their name to it, you know. So I think Absolutely. it might be something, yeah, that people wouldn't be just always wanting to do because you never know. Wow. Oh, you never know what people, you know, you never know today what people are going to use your name for, and then you're That's in the exactly media, right. and boom, all of a sudden you're you're under you're under attack by all this. You know, and that's bad, and that could be bad. It's just see, that's the other thing. You know, one of the things now I notice that, you know, when you're sometimes uh, if I want to look something up, I'm more mm-hmm. hesitant than I ever was because I'm thinking, oh, if I look this up, what you mm-hmm. know, if someone sees that I'm looking this up because especially as writers, we look up things that most people wouldn't look up because we're very curious and we want to know things. But, you know, the way it is now, everybody seems to know everything about everybody. And sometimes you think to yourself, should I be looking at that? You know, I mean, because who knows who's looking at anything of ours? We don't know anymore. Oh, I know. I, and, you know, you know and if, if somebody would go into, I mean, you write, you know, we write we've written about yeah. murder and we, we, yeah. we write yeah. about weapons. Yeah. And if somebody yeah. would go in and look at our search history, I mean, yeah. We're, yeah. We're, I mean, because that is what people do. Stuff. They look at the history and then you go, oh, my God, look at what I've been looking at. And it's really, mm-hmm. it has nothing to do with us. It's our characters. But when we're writing, I mean, you had to do this because in the when you're writing this, you wanted to know. Even if you just research it, not, you know, some don't do as, as thorough as you did, but you are, you know, I find research very interesting, and that's some of the things I miss when I'm doing romantic comedies because yeah. I'm not really doing that. Yeah. Because I used to like doing, when, for my screenplays, you know, I used to like doing research because you learn a whole, like what you're talking about now, 10 years ago, you probably never would have even thought you're thinking of. Oh, exactly. I mean, I wouldn't even dream I was, and you know, the more you research, it's yes. like the more you get yes. into, and then you yes. get information. I'm like, oh my god, I have a whole other book now here. You know? Yeah. No, it's true. You know, and that's the part. That's the part that people don't realize. And you know, I remember years ago when I took writing. I used to go to a workshop ever from when my son was very little. I used to go all the time, and they'd be talking about things that. That some people would do a lot of research, and even one line or two that they're talking about, they still did research because they wanted it to be right. You know, and you, if you're doing a book, I mean, even if it's it's a fiction, but you still don't want someone to say, "What is she talking about?" or "He talking about?" You know, they don't know anything about it. But you know, you you if you if you do what you like, you're doing and researching, and and authors do then you feel at least like you understand something of what you're putting in in your character's mouth to say. You know, when you're using yeah. talking through other people, it's still your characters, so you want it to be right and not you don't want someone to say, Why didn't you research this? You know Yeah, and and, and I've heard I've heard people attack other authors for that and it's not just like, well, I'm gonna look up Wikipedia and I'm gonna yeah. steal two lines of info. That never works. No, that, no, because that you don't even know if that's right. Work. You want to go further, even like so when I'm, I'm having a guest, like I really wanted to know what this was about because I don't know it, you know. But I, I've now I've read some things and now I kind of understand it. But I do know you've talked about other things like this, similar, you know, similar things when we you've been on before. But it's never been just you and me talking about this 
type of subject. Yeah. That's why, you know, I thought, oh, this will be fun. Just let you when I go for this, you know, because you 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 believe in a lot of different things, which gets you to the point of doing a book like this. You can't just not believe any of this and do a book like this. No, and you have to be open, Marcia, yes. because yes. Like I said, these kind of things are going to come up. And, you yeah. know, the things that I learned, and I'm like, I should say I'm shocked, but, yeah, yeah. I believe, and I believe some of this is still happening because I know it's still happening. Yeah. Well, you were an educator, and you won awards and things like that. So, I mean, mm-hmm. so you also want to make, you know, these. you never know when you're going to use something, but if you don't have it right it's not a good thing. And you know, when I'm oh, sure when not. you were teaching, because all I, every time you've been on, you talk about different things, vocabulary, different things. So you go into it, which is a good thing. And you don't just skirt the issue. You delve into it, which is always good. You know, yeah. to like know what said, you're talking I, about. Yeah. And you want to give your readers some real meat, you know, and something to yeah. really think about. And like I said, and even though it's fiction, you know, there's in all of my books that are fiction, there are, you know, there are segments, there are factions of things that are, are really yeah. true. And that yeah. have really, really, really happened, you know? Yeah. My well, I, think people don't, I, I think people don't understand that. But, you know, that's one of the things that people, you know, you they talk about writers in, in sometimes ways that they shouldn't. Because this is just not our opinions this is what our characters are saying and we i talked about this a couple weeks ago but the truth is you can't be afraid to share things with people because otherwise you're just not getting to the issue and you can't also be afraid that what they're thinking about you and which unfortunately you write in different genres like i do and mm-hmm. it, it does. Yeah. It's it's hard, you know. And I made the decision, you know, myself just to put all my books on one website. I just couldn't keep going from children's to sexy to romance, and you know, I just right. decided I'm just putting it all together. And I and those that right. don't feel, you know, I mean, it has nothing. All of my work has nothing to do with me. Nothing. Exactly. Even the kids' books, exactly. even the lessons, it's just stories that I wrote, mm-hmm. and it wasn't like I sometimes if like you know because you've written children's books, you know, and it's just a story. That's and I think that's is. what people don't understand. It's a story, and we have to make up things and do things, and we, certainly like now you're talking, you have to know things, but it's not us. It's what we're writing. Correct. And it's it's hard because you have children's books. I mean, it is difficult because we are writers of children's books. And, you know, and I don't, you know, I know this, that so many people, you know, I they wouldn't have me come speak somewhere because I was writing sexy books, which is absolutely absurd. Yeah. But that's what happens, you know, yes, and it's too. not That'll fair. Be, that's going to be another show. No, no, then I'm talking about in general for the I've had lots yeah. of guests on my shows that use other names. I'm using my own name because it got very difficult to market, which is what I'm going to say. You're marketing, we're marketing under our name, but that doesn't yeah. mean it's things we actually do or and believe, you know. And right. you know, and right. so I I want people to understand when they're listening to the show, this is a different subject than we talk about. However, it's a subject that came up in your book. 
So yeah. people shouldn't be turned off to the fact that this is just another book you wrote, okay? It has nothing to do with your children's books writing. And so because you do, you know, you are using your name also like I am. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know, and I it am. took and me. Yep. Go, go ahead. And I and I and I and I thought about this a lot and I know you have also, but and the truth is, I mean, people just have to open their minds and realize these are stories, this is what you do, this is what I do, and it's not really things that we do. Exactly. But and there that's are a hard a thing. People, there are a few people that that make that connection and they think that because what we write this is what this they, they, this is our character and they, they there's nothing to do with it. it it took me years it took me years to get over that it took me years at the I beginning know. i mean i've been doing this 20 years it took me years because i had so many issues in my head thinking oh should i be my customer you know i was writing police uh scripts and things like that and the cops mm-hmm. were swearing and i'm thinking like oh my god can i really do this and so I wrote, which I've said other times on the show, that I wrote under a man's name for my screenplays because I I just felt more comfortable. And I will say right. that I think for myself, though, I think I probably would still should have kept separate names because I do think it's too hard. I, I really do. It's hard to market. It's very hard. I can attest to that, you know, yes. and, and I it's, I have a lot of authors boring. like that. We have a lot of authors like that. And and I had shows. I remember when I first started doing shows, I had several writers on. Because um, when I was with Red River, I would have all the sexy mm-hmm. writers on, and nobody else would do it. But I thought I didn't even know about any of this. That 20 years, you know, 15, uh, let's say, well, 10 years, actually, uh, that I've been doing shows. And I didn't really get it that nobody else wanted them. And I thought it was so interesting, you know, and um, – I've had people had like one show. I'll never forget. There were four writers on, it, and they all had small children. They were writing under another name, and oh my god, I had to have like a list because I didn't want to call them their name because that is not how they are, who they are, and right, it was right. difficult, you know. And years ago, but now we should be at a point now where people understand that writers are just writers, but sometimes that is yeah. not the case. You know, and so That's I think this is all very interesting, and you're talking about this right now, but it's not all that it's hard, but it's something that you feel strongly about, and this has yes, nothing to do, do with you, so I want people to understand that this this show today is just about a subject that came up while you're doing the book, correct. And Correct. you have done a lot of books that that touch on other subjects also, so you're putting it together. So I think that that's what people have to, to understand. So when this book comes out, they're not like going to be shocked. This is just the way it goes because when you're doing research, it does become so interesting that you delve into things that you never would have done before. Yes, and that and that is what happens. And like I said, this book is a little bit. It's it's a romance. It's paranormal, and it's it's pretty much. It's got a lot of the Da Vinci Code theme in it. So it's yeah. it's really got a lot of you know a lot of interest. But going back to these cults, you know, okay. like I said, the yeah. the Pythagorean Brotherhood um, was a group that was formed in Italy. And they believed in incarnation, reincarnation. They had a strict vegan diet. Because they, all of these cults kind of felt that if they followed these rules and they did these things, they would gain interest into the spirit world. And they also 
this uh, the Pythagorean Brotherhood, they believed that they were the foundations of the Rosicrucians and the Freemasons. Now, an interesting group was called the Cath the Cathars. They well, and they were coined the Pure Ones. They they were a Gnostic sect group, also from northern Italy during the 12th and the 14th century. Now, they they were supposed to be of good spirit. They they were priests. They believed in reincarnation. They were totally vegan. Now. Here's the thing about them. They refrained from sex. They, they taught sex should be absent with the goal of having children. And that was better than procreative sex. And that went against everything that the Catholic Church. So they were yeah. labeled as heretics. So it was Pope Innocent III that uh, got a crusade and abolished them. They were, they were done. But they also said that they were linked to the Islamic sect called the Society of Assassins, and the Society, Society of Assassins are also were also a direct link from the Knights Templar. So a lot of these cults keep coming down, and that are were offshoots of of the Knights Templar. Now a very profound and scary cult was called the Golden Dawn. Have you ever heard of this one, Marcia? No, no. Okay, this was out of London. Um, there were two doctors, uh, Dr. William Westcott and Dr. Robert Woodman. They were Freemasons, and they were former members of the Rosicrucians. And they, uh, Dr. Westcott claimed that he came into a very, very odd manuscript. In fact, it's called the Cipher Manuscript, and it was written in a strange code. Now, this led to the discovery of a, the secret cult called the Golden Dawn. And the Golden oh. Dawn... Yeah, they were they were into lots of bad things. Well, I shouldn't say they they did some tarot reading. They were into spell casting, and here's where they they definitely they did sex alchemy. They they actually followed the um, the script from the Egyptian Book of the Dead. Um, Mathers and his wife actually built these full sized um, tombs. Because that's they 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 worship the priests and the priestesses. Now the London authorities caught on to all this mayhem, and kind of curtailed their activity when they figured out all this was going on. Now a man called Alistair Crowley, he joined this cult, and he was probably one of the most sensational, dark, and despised occultists. And he was a magician of the 20th century, Alistair Crowley. And he wanted to rule this this order, uh, the Golden Dawn. Now, he began casting spells on other members. So, again, the London authorities found out this was going on. And yeah, took him exactly. Down. Yeah. yeah, this is not good. Then we have the Order of the Solar Temple. I mean, all of these these cults have things. Now, the things that the Order of the Solar Temple, they were 1994 to 1997, 75 of their members were committed suicide because they were afraid of an apocalyptic event. And see, a lot of these calls put the fear into these members that unless you do this, you're not going to be, you know, you're not going to ascend into heaven. You know, you know, in a, when you're doing, when you were writing something like this, what, what do you? Now, I noticed that your other books, one was called Magical Realism. I mean, how are you going to? What are you putting the genre for this book? the new book 
for Well, this marketing. is going to basically, this is going to be an occult thriller. This is occult still basically a cult okay. thriller. But it's going to, you know, it's not, well, it, it runs the shoots of magical realism. But the story itself with the women of the Willowwood is basically fiction. fiction well, tell, you tell know, everybody what magical realism is because people see this on um, on. Amazon, because that's a category that you see come up yeah. a lot of times on books. What exactly is that? And what magical okay. realism is is basically what what you can actually do. What actually happens with magic? It's you know it's spell casting. It's um, it's mediumship. It's it's ghosts. I mean it's it's things that, that actually can happen in real life. I mean they're writing about it in a fiction story. But it's actually it's plausible and it can happen. Um, for instance, like if you're if you're writing a romance story and you have a love spell in there, and I mean that's something that people really do, and so that's magical realism. People hold rituals. That's magical realism. Which doesn't always have to be a ritual, though. See, that's this is what's so confusing for readers, you know, when they class, you know, because sometimes the way they classify them. People don't find the book like they might not find your book because, and it's and it's just like a good story. So it's really sad that people will miss yeah. books because of the way it's classified. You know, because there's so many people yeah, that are right. interested in things like this, but they don't. They probably don't like. Oh, I think I think I'm going to look under magical realism. <laughs> They're not. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what that. You know, I put my book. It's never too late for love in it for a little while. Then I took it out because I have angels in it. You know, and the and the dog talks, you know, and he's an angel. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know if it should be in that or not be in it. And so, but who? That's the point. When some this is all the people that are writing books, such as you are, or with angels, with ghosts, with whatever. It's a really tough mm-hmm. category to get out it there is. and to have people read it because you know, and and everybody then ends up putting it in contemporary, and it's not really contemporary. It's not anything. It's just a story. So it's like. What do you do? And that's that cost the. It really does. It's not great for the author because the author has to classify no. it in a in a book in, in a in a certain type of classification that they allow. So I mean, and because I saw your other books like that and the occult thriller, but I I don't know that people actually sometimes think like that. They might you yeah, know. They, they don't. And I think we have to be careful what I'm trying to do, even though I have my set categories, when I do my promos and my little yeah, hashtags promo, on right. Twitter, I'll try to put, you know, like romance, uh, spirituality. Yeah. I'll try to get these those extra keywords in there so that they'll... Well, right, even they'll when, I'm, even when I was tagging this for the show today, I'm thinking, mm-hmm. okay, is it spiritual? Is it ghost? Mm-hmm. Is it whatever? You know what I mean? Is it mad? I put magical. Because you really don't know how people are going to look it up. And if they don't look up the right word, it's not, it's not going to happen for them. And they're going to miss Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I mean, it's really kind of sad, you know. And everybody can't. If you're in paranormal, what is it? I don't even know. I, we had tons of paranormal shows on, you know, uh, years ago. I know you and, did. Yeah. and we, I still, because now we have horror, we have paranormal, and a lot of times on our horror shows, we I, we don't even call it horror because if someone hears horror, they're gonna go, oh my god, I can't listen to this show, and oh, you know, know. it has nothing to do with it. Not. 
yeah. so they get hurt for. I I try not to use that keyword. Right, right. Yeah. And so that's why you know, like when I was putting this in today, I'm going. Well, I'm going to see. We're going to see what this is all about. So then I will add words later as to what someone might. But it's really a shame how all these words, they're just words, but if you don't know to look this up as words, they won't. Correct. So you know, they won't. That's why in your promos you've got to dig, you got to be a little more detailed with your keywords yeah. and give more yeah. information. I've been adding. Well, see, years ago when we first did radio shows, we couldn't. We had six words to put in. Really? Can you imagine mm-hmm. six things? And although at the beginning, I, I at the beginning I just went, oh, fine, it's books, it's writing, it's whatever, writers, this, you know, authors. But now I try to be specific in it because you know, magical or like. I, I, I've had several shows on tarot, tarot reading, and I think I, I found somebody online, and I saw her. She was doing a reading, and I, I think she's going to come on the show. I find that very interesting. I mean, oh, uh, I do too. I we've do had too. tarot card reading on our show, and I, I find it interesting, and I really like it. You know, and I oh, think I that too, yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, maybe you'll want to. I'll, I'll invite you when I'm having her on because I think all of, it's so interesting. It. You know, and I think that's what you're trying to explain for people to keep their mind open to what, you you know, we're going in and talking about what this is. But, you know, because even when Stanley Kubrick did his, you know, his movies, they never understood him. No, he was. They didn't know what to do with him. They didn't know what to do with any of his books. No, no, no. He was and then he became more popular later. He became popular mm-hmm. later when they realized, yeah. like, you know, and someone like Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman. But, you know, even if people didn't like that movie, you still remember those rituals. You can't, you will not get yeah. that out of your head. It's just, and the no. music and the clanging of the, you know, the bell, like, you know, you don't, you're not going to forget that. And that's Which what is, you want. That's, that's what right. And I think people does. that have read your books, because I was looking some at the reviews, they're they're liking what they see, you know, what they're reading. Well, they're, they so. really find it compelling. <laughs> the one so. thing I wanted to ask you is, are you planning on doing like an audio book for it? Because I think th- these kind of stories would be good as audio books. Yeah, I, I I am. You know, I have my erotica book that Becky and I did together. Yes. Um, Becky Robbins, who's awesome. My awesome, awesome co-author. Yes, we, um, we have on a lot. Camp Cougar, and, and it's done really well, and people love it. So I am. That is something I'm thinking about in the future is absolutely doing an audio book for these because I think it would really – uh, my, you want to know what my real vision is with this trilogy? It's to have some sort of a, a series that would be picked up by Netflix or um, HBO because I, I really do. I mean, there's been The Good Witch on Netflix. There's the I watched Good Witch. I, I, the Good Witch, you mean? I love that show. Yeah, yeah. That's on that's on a, a Hallmark, right? Yes, it is. Hallmark yeah. and Netflix also has picked it up. Yes. It's, yes, now it's they did. Too, right. Good. That's the other. Yeah, because I, you know, I, Catherine Bell is really good. I mean, they're all. Oh, I love her. You know, oh, and I sometimes, you know, I think what people don't understand a lot of times is some of these shows, you know, it's kind of an interesting concept. And it's just something that's just kind of relaxing. It's not, you're not going to be watching murder. You're not going to be watching, you right. know, a lot of things that are, it's just kind of things that people 
do sometimes think that things can happen that way, and now they're just seeing it that way. I mean, you know, I think a lot of people believe in magical type of things, but they don't want to let themselves get too engrossed in it. But it is so interesting because there's no answer. Oh, it does it happen or doesn't there is it happen? No there is, there is no answer, but... Um... But oh, truly, you believe in this, truly, because your books, you know, uh, your books, I mean, and you have to somewhat not, you know, to like talking about this and writing characters that are influenced by this. So I think part of this show is I think for people that are listening is you are able to let go. And I think a lot of authors yeah. can't let go. What's yeah. the advice? About letting well, go. How did you, know, you? Because listen, you came from a different background. How did you get yourself in tune to saying I can do this and just let it out? Well, you know, I've kind of always been that way because I, you know, I, I, and I was raised in a strict Catholic background. However, and people that know me, my my mother was a was into the paranormal. My mother was a gifted gifted psychic and. I, you know, I am an empath and a sensitive. I've inherited some of her gifts, but not, she was a, an, an amazing woman. And, yeah. you know, before her death, we sat down and we talked about the spirit world. And, and, I've, and I, so I've been raised in a family like this where I'm yeah. not afraid to, to open up. And have I, and, and, you know, and I'm going to say this and I'm going to be real quick about it. I faced a challenge just recently where I lost a job due to the nature of the genre of the books that I wrote. And, and I was actually um, told that I should take my books down. And it only, this has only motivated me to get yeah. this last book done and get it out there. No, this has only motivated, motivated me to get this done. Well, so, you know, and it, it's really you know, true because, I, you know, before I did this, I didn't even know how liberated I was. <laughs> you know, Correct. I mean, it sounds, I never realized that I was liberated in my thinking because I never, I, I wasn't not liberated. I just didn't realize that all of these subjects would that I have on my shows would be so interesting. And I think what happens is people just go, oh, I don't want to listen to that or I don't think about that, or and they do think about it, but they don't want to, you know, admit it. And I think that if they're writers, you know, I think um, Jack Ramick was on, who's been on my show many times, he met, asked a question of myself, and um, we were talking, you know, and um, – it was interesting because he he always asked questions of me and my whoever Eleanor Parker was on, you know, of, of questions of when we write, are we psychologists? Are we trying to be? Because we do have to get into their psyche. I mean, we you have to know your character to write them, you know. Oh, and I think, do. yeah, and I think people like yourself. I mean, we you need to do this. I mean, to in order yeah, to be true to, get, to the story that you're writing, you have in. to be interested yeah. in it. It doesn't, you know, and we are, we probably have a different insight. And I really didn't think about it as much till he brought it up last week. Is that how much insight we need to our characters, and where do we get that from? So oh, we need to, you we have that, and now like your background, is, so it's easy to see now what how you got into this because your background, you it was not a subject that was never brought up. Right. And, you know, we really need to, you know, before I write, I, I light candles and I set the stage and I do some deep breathing. I do some meditation and I really do. I, you know, and I try to get into the character's head and think, okay, what do you want to happen? And it's funny how yeah. our characters lead us 
and they yeah. tell us yeah. what direction. But anyway, I'll, I'll get into the, the how, and I'll talk about um, – like you were on the show with Maggie, Maggie Lynn Heron. She's on next week with her mom, yeah. Peg. They're coming on oh, next them. week, awesome. on next Wednesday. And they, yeah. she's very interesting because we were all talking about this on a show that you were on. And, you know, because there are so many people out there that I know now because of what I do, but how mm-hmm. interesting it is. You know, oh, and yeah. how deep and how deep and, you know, you and emotional writing these, you know, because sometimes people think you just sit down and it just happens, but it doesn't just happen. Yeah. So like you're saying, you light candles and you get yourself involved mm-hmm. in mentally going for it. Like the eye on the prize, you know, you're just right there looking. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But I would like to read, if it's okay with you. I mean, yes, this, yes, I, absolutely. I, I'm really, this, this last book, Last Rice, this, this is my baby. This is, yeah. I, am, I am really proud of this book. I, like I said, and I think readers who have read um, the first two, they're, they're going to be blown away in this book because I've put, I put so much into this. But anyway. Well, because now you know it better, you know, and that's one of the things. That's why when you're saying series, See, because a series, yeah. that's what happens in a series. You start watching the series, it's okay, then it gets better, and then by the end you're going like, gee, this really works. See, and that's what mm-hmm. a series is. It works. Yes, and you have to keep the flow. So I'm going into Go my man, I'm gonna read a I'm gonna read a little bit here. Yeah. To give them an idea of uh I want sex. To, yes. Mm-hmm. This is sacred sex. Um and I'm gonna read let me pull this up here. Of course, it's not pulling up this area that I wanted to read. It's, you know, because I do think that's important. I think that's why I've added that to my show. I did that years ago, and I think now I think if people do want to read, I want them to read somewhat because I want them to see your style of writing rather right. than just okay. hearing what the book might be. I got it. So the, the okay. segment that I'm going to read now, <clears throat> this is not sex alchemy. Sex alchemy and sex magic is is kind of a darker magic. This is sacred sex. This is where my character, my character has to perform sacred sex on an FBI man who she's in love with. It's her boyfriend. It's an energy transfer. He has been enchanted. He has been put under a spell from someone that did some dark magic. So that is what sacred sacred sex is a healing act. So I'm going to read okay. uh, a little bit here. Here's so here comes an excerpt, and I'm going to be reading. So okay. um, here we go. I know. I really was upset, crazy upset. I know now what I need to do. He's sick, you know, not himself. I had forgotten all about the sacred sex rules I'm supposed to have with Brant. I'm so sorry, Enya. No need to worry about this. Most of it will come naturally, as you were gifted this power when you met Goddess Vesta at the Banks Bridge. Let me give you a quick refresher course here. Enya went on to tell me how this private knowledge was guarded for centuries and used by high priests, priestesses, and the ruling elite of ancient Egypt. To the Incas, Buddhists, Native Americans, and Druids, it was sacred. It was a huge part of initiations and rites of passage. It was used in erotic rituals to alter consciousness and channel energy for healing, ecstasy, or enlightenment. So that's why the Grand Masters wanted to have sex with these women? Yes, but they think they know the rules when it's just the opposite. 
They only steal bits and pieces from research, but the real method is only pretty to those who use it for pure intent. They've called in some nasty spirits to aid them, and what they will get is burned in the end, Penny explained. Her tone had changed to anger. They will get exactly what's coming to them. She continued on with the finer details, which I had to pay close attention. It ran much deeper than what I read about tantric sex. I'd have to summon the goddess Aphrodite for assistance. Since my kundalini was activated, I was to envision a fire filling up my pelvis and radiating upward. These fires of transmutation would allow for a cosmic union between me and Brandt. Once he would penetrate me, it would actually reconfigure the sacred geometry of my blood. It would be then and there I'd receive in-depth knowledge of the gods and goddesses. Once his seed was in me, he'd receive an energy transfer, and this would heal him. I was doing pretty good taking all of this in until Enya threw a whopper on me. She was clear on this procedure. You're, you're kidding me, right? I have to perform this outdoors and buy a tree? Yes, it's the only way, Danny. I've heard of tree huggers, but this takes it to another level. I can only imagine, what if I'm spotted? So what purpose does the tree serve? Your back will be flushed against the trunk at the point of climax, and you will offer your orgasm up to the tree as an offering for healing. The tree is a conduit to deliver the healing. And his voice was most convincing. I thanked her and promised the task would be carried out this time. I also had to digest all of this and finish packing. So when, she, when Danny talks about her, you know, in one of my books, she goes to a secret cave and has a transformation from the goddess, and her, her kundalini is activated. Now, the, the kundalini in Hinduism is a form of divine energy, and it's located at the base of the spine, and it's also associated with the divine uh, feminine. And once this is activated, and a lot of times it can be activated in, in kundalini yoga, mm-hmm. it has tremendous power it helps you connect with your higher self but you've got to use it accordingly so there's always a warning label see also you know i I think that i think the one thing this is a good example when people are listening to how you incorporated your research into your story so while the characters are talking you're learning something you didn't know because you've researched it and you put that in Exactly, and I, I never way, how you did that is good to incorporate it that way. And I think people are afraid to do that sometimes because they go, "Oh, mm-hmm. it looks like that it's not really what the characters are saying." But that's not true at all because you mm-hmm. are. If you're talking to someone and you know something about a subject, that's how you tell them. I mean, that's how it goes. Exactly. You know. So I think that when you know, I think that when writers, you know, listen to this show they should see that if there is something like that you can you don't have to incorporate it in a way it sounds like you're writing you're just talking about you're writing it in a conversation so when people are thinking of doing dialogue the way you did the dialogue is they're you're getting your info by dialogue not just in three or four paragraphs or five of just saying oh, this happened but they're talking exactly. about exactly and, you know, Marsha, I learned the hard way because my first book, I was with a publisher, and she sent back my first edit, and she said, you know what, you've got just a big information dump here. You need to deliver it through dialogue. So, yeah, I've learned. I've learned yeah. the hard way, and you're absolutely yeah. correct. 
Mm-hmm. See, sometimes what yeah. happens, like in my case, because I, I started out, you know, basically a script writer, and I love talking and doing dialogue. And so sometimes my problem is, which is uh, happening more and more, is the description part. To me, when I'm reading it, I'm going, like, oh, this is boring. So, And I think conversations, you can do the same things. And then sometimes people say, oh, you have too much conversation. Not, I'm not saying that they said <laughs> that to me, but I'm saying that some people don't know how to write dialogue. And what one yeah, of the things correct. that they could learn how to do dialogue is put two people in a room and let them talk. There you go. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, there you go. It's not people say like there it's hard. It's not. It's just you're just they're talking to each other. So when you listen to other people and naturally you do like to talk like I do. So I think that your characters will be able to talk. So that's why you got your information out, but not boring. You got it in the conversation that they're having. And I said that I learned the hard way, and I that's actually good. had. Um, I, I, when I was in, living in the Caymans, I belonged to a wonderful group called K-Riders. I, I'm still a member, and I remember um, the president telling me, she goes, just get in a coffee shop and, and listen. Listen to natural that's conversation. Right. I do, and right, and really I talk helps. to a lot of people, right, and that's true. And I listen to them, and you do, because nobody talks the same, and especially if you have a story like how I write sometimes with six, eight characters, they all talk differently. So I think yeah. that people, sometimes they don't realize that dialogue is fine. You know, and sometimes it really is difficult because you get different feedback from people. So I think at the end of the day, you have to write your story the best you can and make it a good story because it's good and you're enjoying it. But by trying to be like everybody else, that doesn't always work, if ever. It really doesn't. So that's good dialogue yeah. because I think it's good how you incorporated the information, and that's really the the best way to write. Well, I thank you, and I say, like I said, I wasn't going to read. I don't want any spoilers. You know, the the real sex scene where they actually have sex in yeah. a park. You know, and and she does the sacred circle, and they have an energy transfer. I mean, it's beautiful. I made it beautiful. I didn't want, you know, I wanted the sex right, to exactly. be right, exactly. Memorable. Well, still, so it, it still is fiction. It still is fiction, which gives fiction. you the right to do any it's of fiction. this. And so when people are listening to shows like this, this is why it's so interesting because this is a topic they may have known nothing about, but you're incorporating it into your story. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think writers writers are afraid to do that sometimes. Sometimes they are, and I thought, no, I'm just going to go. I'm I'm putting this in there. I'm going to create. You know, I you know I've written erotica. I've written some kinky sex scenes, right. but I wanted to have I wanted to have a sex scene in here that was so sensual. And I thought, oh my gosh, the sacred sex. This is going to yeah. be it. And this is why this book, to me, this last read in the trilogy, this is what makes it so unique. Right. Exactly, because it's the way you wanted it, and it's not just that yes. you took someone else's sex scene and threw it in your book. Exactly. That, um, unfortunately, people do that, and it doesn't always they work because do. you can't. You know, it's like it work. you know, it doesn't. So you know, I think I think people have learned a lot probably from this today because they can use, you know, whatever they want, but just understand what you're doing. So you, when you incorporate it, you won't get you know, feedback that you didn't know what you were talking about because it still yeah. is yours, but it's also something that you learned about. I think it's important. Yeah. Oh, you know. I do too, Marcia. I yeah. do too. So what would you, so at the end of the day, what what's, you know, your, what would your final thoughts for people? 
you know, reading your, let's say reading your work and, you know, how your work is, what to, to well, expect like from said, you. You know, if they, if they haven't read any of my books, you know, and, and this last rights isn't out yet, but if they want to, it'd be a good start to pick up the good teacher and start with that and, and go on to book two, because then this, you know, will really lead into last rights, you know, which is the third book. And I think, you know, I've, I've several women that have read my books that, you know what, your books are almost like, someone told me that my books are almost, these books are almost like self-help. They're empowering. Because yes. I, when I created these women, I wanted them not just to have magical powers, but to have strength in their character. These are strong right. women. Right. And I think strong that's, women. you know, and I think that's why even in, uh, like, on my Pinterest, I have powerful quotes, powerful women things women would do for power because I think that it's not just what we say but it's in everything we do and it's you know to make a woman you know feel empowerment you know young girls are growing up and they're this is so important for them and we're all out here cheering them on because they need to know how to do this you know and what better way through reading is seeing a character that comes to life for them being empowered and they're empowered they're stronger it's not it's not like it's you know it's not right that they're evil or it's just empowerment doesn't mean that it just means to be confident and know where you're going yeah exactly and so i think i I think you know where you're going you know where you're going i hope <laughs> At this point, I hope so. But it, it's yeah. it's been it's been great talking with you. And like it's said, always great, you know. And I, you know, I think that you know this is such an interesting subject. And and um, I hope you do really well with it. The cover is really nice. You know, Thank I put that out a lot. Marcia. Yeah, it is. And um, I think that you've got to go. You know, you're happy. This is a good thing. When you're happy with what you do, it's so important. It, that is, and I'm very happy with these books. And like I said, this third one is. Probably the one that has been the mo- that's given me the most joy. So that's a, that's really good. I mean, I think that's one of the things I've been doing this last few shows. I want people to enjoy what they're writing more than thinking about sales or marketing. It's really liking exactly. your character and liking what you did with yeah. your characters. So I think it's more important sometimes. I and mean, we all have to market, but still we have to like what we write. And and I'm and, trying and in and my head. Not to not to think about selling. It's a yeah. question of the story. Not when you're writing. Not when, no. Yeah, not when you're when you're writing. You're thinking about your content. That marketing yes. is a whole in a whole different area out yeah. there. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Keep it's it true. Keep it separate. And and it's true. You know. And one of the things that I have been telling people also is, you know, get get some help on marketing in different groups or hire somebody. Which I I have Andy Jeffries now. She's helping me with that. And then which is hopefully going to stop me from marketing as much. You know. I you know because I have the shows and everything. And you market a lot too. It's very difficult. You really got to concentrate. Well, you is. absolutely have to concentrate. It is. You absolutely And especially do, do a book like, like this, especially like what you do a book like this because uh-huh. it means something to you. Yeah. So yes, I'm happy to does. hear that. Good luck, and you'll come on again, I'm oh, hoping. Thank you. <laughs> yes, yeah, oh, I, I, would, I would love to. It's yeah, always yeah. a pleasure. And, again, I want to thank our listeners. Um, yes, thank, thank you. you I always coming. do because without them, right. And the good thing is is demand. You know, the shows are live, but then they get to listen, you know, on demand. I have, I just, it's actually, we're on Apple, and I realized they had, like, 
five hundred mm-hmm. of our shows, five hundred of my shows were wow. on there, you know. And oh, I didn't, awesome. you know, they pull them from Blog Talk. So anybody that's yeah. ever on the show, don't worry about it because these shows are out. <laughs> They're out there. That is fantastic. <laughs> well, thank you, Marcia. Right, take again, care. All right, and thanks again for coming thank on. Thank you. Okay, I'll send you the link because Maggie, I'm sure Maggie and her mom are going to be very interesting. Maggie and Peg. Oh, they're, I love those two women. They're just, they they inspire me. They inspire me. Yeah, they're they're fun. Yeah, Uh, they're fun. I I haven't met Peg yet, but uh, Maggie, I've had on. So now it's going to be very fun. Very talented ladies. Yes. All right, and thank you all for listening. Have a great day. Also, give your website. It's on on the show page. Yeah. My website is www.lorrainecarry.com, and you'll find okay. my books there. And, again, thank, thank you, you. Good luck. Thank you, Marcia. Keep and in touch. We do. Interview. We do. I know we do anyway. Okay, thank you. Thank <laughs> All right, take you. Take care. Bye-bye. Good evening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.